From studios in Hollywood, California, rural southern Indiana, and the hinterlands of North Dakota, this is the Live, Laugh, Golf Podcast. And now, here are your hosts, Desert Duffer, OTB Lefty, and Jay Score. Thank you. Thank you. I, th I think that was Prince Harry doing our introduction. Uh, welcome. Welcome, golf nerds. Uh, welcome, Mom, Dad, Mrs. J. Score. Welcome to OTP Lefty's Bookie, too. Welcome to the first, the debut, the premiere, the inaugural episode of the finest live-focused podcast in all the land. This is the Live Laugh Golf Podcast. My name is The Desert Duffer, but you can call me Duff. You'll meet my co-host, Mr. J. Score, and the pride of Lawrence County, Indiana, Mr. OTP Lefty, in just a minute. But first, let's level set. What, what are we doing here? Well, it's all in the name. We're going to talk golf with a live focus, at least to start. And I know we're going to have some laughs. But we won't only talk live. We're not going to ignore the majors. That's the good stuff, as they say. And we'll talk some PGA Tour when it's interesting, which means... Certainly not this week at the Ricky Mortgage Classic in Detroit. But yeah, when the PGA Tour rolls into Riviera, we'll talk about it. And next week, when the ladies are at Muirfield for the British Open, I'll be watching. And OTP will tell you all about how he shot a 72 there this April. So it's not only going to be live. But Desert Duffer, if you're going to talk about all that other stuff, why shouldn't I just keep consuming the same golf media I always have? Well, Mom... It's because those guys have told you they're not going to seriously cover a large number of the most popular, most successful golfers of the last couple of decades. They decided for you because they apparently think you're not capable of deciding for yourselves what golf to consume. These guys have decided you don't sufficiently understand what's going on in the world, so they're going to curate your golf watching for you. These guys, and none of them are rocket scientists, mind you, or foreign service officers. They're guys who started a blog or a Twitter account or got hired to cover a beat no one else wanted or were journeyman golf pros. Or in the case of Amon Lynch, they carried Gore Vidal's bag for a couple of years. But now they're experts on international relations. And if you don't agree with them, you're a moron. You're engaging in whataboutism or you're a Saudi bot or you're a Trumper. So they want to insult you. They want to insult us. But we're not having it. The three of us are interested in live because it's finally something different in a pro golf landscape that has grown more and more arrogant and more and more stale every year because we think competition is good and because this is a watershed moment in the history of the sport and we're not going to pretend it doesn't exist because some talking heads have decided it's an exhibition. But make no mistake, we're not an arm of the live state. We're going to talk objectively about what we see and hear and read. When Taylor Gooch says something dumb, we're going to make fun of him for it. If DJ misses a shorty to cost himself $4 million and screws OTP lefty on a parlay, he's not going to play nice. We're going to be objective, but we're just going to talk golf. Occasionally some business of golf, and it looks like a little litigation here and there, but it's going to be golf. What we're not going to talk about is sports washing or human rights abuses in Jeddah or in China or about abortion in this country. If you want to hear Rachel Maddow or Tucker and the gang, you know where to find them. This is a golf podcast. So let's do it. 
shall we? We've got a tournament somewhere in New Jersey this week. Charles Barkley is on the property, and Caitlyn Jenner, from what I understand, was playing for the Blue Tees today. Things are popping off. So let's hear from my guy, Jay Score, who is somewhere just south of the Canadian border. And from what I can gather, is at least three pops deep already. So Jay Score, tell these people who you are and what are you drinking? Uh, greeting stuff. Uh, yes, uh, JScore here, um, live from North Dakota, of all places, frozen wasteland. Not much to do here but drink and offer my opinion on what goes on in the real world. Um, JScore, JScore how long is the golf season in North Dakota? You know, we're lucky to get five months, um, which are very precious up here, as you can about imagine. Um, but fall that's golf about, comes quick. It's that sounds like about about four months longer than I thought it would have been. You're, I mean, some some years it feels that way. I mean, we're already we're already talking fall here. It's it's unfortunate. Right. Um, I'm excited uh, to be here. Um, we've got a great, a, a maybe the toughest test of golf in the Garden State here. Uh, so looking forward to that. Um, riding hard for the Crushers, of course. Um, my guy Bryson, ride or die till the bitter end. All of his. Do you know Hatred. Why, it's why is it the Garden State? What, 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 New Jersey is about. If you had to, if you were talking states and said, "Hey, we got to name one the Garden State," I would have to, from what I know about New Jersey, which admittedly is mostly the Sopranos, the Garden State would be the last nickname I would give New Jersey. Probably because Dumpster State was just not quite <laughs> as glamorous for tourism i would think but um we just we just lost like 20 million people right off the bat because that's right we'll earn them back we'll earn them back I, t I said it was a tough test it's a good golf course but it's got trump's name on it now so maybe it's not i don't know but no politics. um we're not doing we're not doing politics here save it for Matt out so um <laughs> no i'm i'm excited uh i'm excited to 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 see where this goes and to to offer my many half-baked opinions and enjoy a couple hazy ipas along the way so um and i'm right. honestly i'm so, thrilled to hear from the next the the, the otp lefty um well please let, wait wait a second before we get to otp i i need to know you said you're who are you riding for you're riding for for uh the crushers the crushers of course the crushers and that's I yeah, that's captained by the Bryson DeChambeau. Am I, am I right about that? You would be correct. Um, who who is one one of very few people? I don't know if you're aware of this, but um, him he's got some pretty uh, rare company uh, as far as somebody who's won the Division One Championship, the U.S. Amateur, and and the U.S. Open. I, you know, I, not a lot of people have done that. Um, now I understand he's very popular with people. People, everybody really likes Bryson, right? Everybody <laughs> loves Bryson. Everybody loves him. Um, is he is he not wearing the Hogan hat anymore? He's lovable now. He's got the ball cap. Was there any explanation about why he finally doffed the cap, so to speak? What what happened? What, was there? Did the the Hogan estate piss him off? Is there? Is there? Maybe it's a logo thing. You couldn't. You can't fit as many logos on the Hogan cap. So I, I, I'd probably have to Google it, but I think at another exhibition event, people maybe have heard of the Ryder Cup. He couldn't wear it. And so I think he just carried the, the success of that exhibition into this new series of exhibitions. All right. Well, uh, Bryson, of course, uh, coming off a strong performance at the Open Championship. T8. 
T.A. Yeah, pretty good. Which nobody pretty talked good. about. I don't know why, but great performance from him. There's Coming off a wrist, wrist surgery, rehab. He finally looked healthy. There is some talk that maybe there was a, a conspiracy, and I don't want to get into any antitrust talk uh, too early in this show, but there may have been some sort of conspiracy among the PGA Tour and the broadcasters of that championship to keep the live players, including Bryson DeChambeau and Dustin Johnson, both of whom I, I believe finished in the top 10 in that uh, championship, off your television set. What do you think about that, J.S. Gordon? I was searching for them. I, I had it on DVR. Anytime I thought I saw them in the background, I paused it and was like, wait, was that Bryson? Is he out there? I've seen him on the leaderboard, but I haven't seen him on my TV. Um, you know, I don't want to get into that. You know, I don't I don't know what a hard camera is. And, I, you know, I... We're not doing NLU stuff. There, there is, uh, there's gonna be, there's gonna be some talk, uh, some gripes later. We have certainly we have some gripe sections in this podcast. We won't get into the coverage right now. You, I, I believe, are ready. Even though I'd, I'd like to delve a little bit more about uh, into your affinity for the Crushers, but we've got to meet our third co-host. So why don't you pass it off to the guy? Yeah, I mean, shall I just shall I, shall I just jump in here? I'm OTP Lefty. Um, so pleased to be on the podcast with my guys. Um, uh, we're scattered across the the country. Um, uh, we're definitely of three minds, but we're probably of maybe one heart, uh, maybe one point four. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure at least eight, eight tenths of that is yours, OTP. <clears throat> OTP. Yeah, if yeah. it's not too personal a question. Can you tell the listeners why we're calling you OTP Lefty? And listen, if you don't want to answer, that's fine. We're not we're not doing forced. Um, you, you're allowed to be anonymous on this program if you want to. I'm yes, of course. Yes, of course. So um, our local municipal golf course, um, as part of a running joke that my golf group had, we called it OTP National, and. Um, uh, uh, God, I, bet, I, bet, very, I, bet that, I bet that joke really kills over at that muni, doesn't it? It's just well, you know, not as not as much as uh, as some of the other landmarks on the golf course, which we shall not mention. Because a lot of people family, have called. We're family of, friendly for the first fifteen seconds here. A lot of people have called OTP Lefty the the Chris Rock of Lawrence County, Indiana. That's, that's, <laughs> that's. I think that's well said. Anyway, um, have, have have been playing golf for over thirty years. Um, have been a a great golf fan uh, over that entire time. Um, love watching pro golf. And, you know, we got to uh, see Tiger's prime and um, very excited for um, some innovation in a stale industry. Um, I can't wait to hear what's going to be next. One of the things that I'm going to talk to you guys about uh, always is what's next or what could be better. Um, I kind of made my bones in my professional life um, in process improvement and uh, and quality is something I care about a lot. So um, uh, every time we see something, the an obvious uh, question is going to be, you know, how can we make it better? How can we tweak it a little bit? I think there's a lot of good stuff out there, not only in the broadcast, but in the format, um, in the in the courses, the schedule. Um, uh, but I think it'll be interesting uh, to to talk about what what could happen next, knowing that it actually might happen. Um, that, no, we couldn't possibly change this because we are going to Memphis for the next 13 years. Um, 
and and it will be on CBS and Ian Baker Finch will be on the 16th hole in the tower, et cetera, et cetera. Um, having uh, an organization that's a little bit more nimble um, is exciting to me as a golf fan. Listen, that's all great. Just say you're doing it for the money. Just. <laughs> I am 100% in this for the money. There has, what? Uh, I have not seen the, I've not seen the paperwork uh, come across my desk uh, yet about my rights to my own likeness or my equity stake. Uh, but I'm certain it's on down the line. Um, I'll have to figure out a way to write down uh, or write off uh, all of these technological uh, pieces of equipment that I have that are, you know, forcing having me right on the cutting edge. OTP works in the um, banking industry and he is, he is, we forced him to sign a contract, a binding contract that he would not discuss financial products and his feelings about them during this podcast. So uh, listeners, please, Please write in. Uh, you know the Twitter account. It's at Live Laugh Golf. If OTP Lefty breaks that promise, please let us know if it slips by us because it's uh, it can be insufferable. But he makes up for it with dad jokes. I don't know if you want to tell the pickle factory joke at this point in time, or you want to get <laughs> directly to your favorite team and live golf. Um, absolutely, would love to get to my favorite team, and it has a name. And it is Team Stinger, Stinger Golf Club, um, the, the 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 pride of South Africa. If South okay. Africa is allowed to have pride, has it been enough? Has there been long enough yet? Okay, uh, folks. Again, I, I said he was the Chris Rock of Lawrence County, Indiana, but other people consider him to be the. Was it Rich Little who was the impressionist? I don't think there's a better six foot three inch plus. 270 pound plus white Southern Indianan uh, at impressions on this podcast right now. So if you want to do a little South African, you can. I don't know if you've seen Blood Diamond recently. I know. And I don't have to say good morning to anyone because it's nighttime. All right. All right. So you, you're, you like Oosthuizen and uh, Brendan Grace. Who else is on that team for the folks? Yeah, let, yeah. Let's start there. So it's it's Grace, Charles Schwartzel, um, Ustazen, and uh, international man of mystery Henny Duplessis. Um, I'm a. I was what's big, wild is what's wild I'm is a, there, there are like four. Those are four South Africans on that one team, but I think that's only like twenty five percent of the South Africans in this league. The South Africans are dominating golf right now. If you look up and down the. Listen, we'll get into the official world golf rankings and whether they're good for the game. But we go, yeah. we use the data golf rankings here, and the South Africans are making some real moves in the data golf rankings too. What, what's going on down there? I, you know, I, I think they're just saying we're open. You know, um, we want to travel the world and play golf. They're used to playing golf away from home. They're not, uh, uh, they're not like folks who who you know grow up in the United States and 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 come up come up through the ranks of amateur golf here and are used to being able to stay home or to take a three hour flight and go somewhere. It, it's nothing for them to go six, seven time zones away and play golf. Um, so I think that's gotta be part of the draw. You know, they are professionals and they're, they're paying for, for good sized purses. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I think that makes sense. That, I, that's a strong incentive. You know, I heard, uh, I did catch some of the, This we're recording this on the Thursday before the first day of the Bedminster tournament, which starts on a Friday. That's a, This is the first time in the three events that 
Live Golf has gone Friday, Saturday, Sunday. The prior two events were Wednesday, thir- uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, so we're recording this on Wednesday, and I watched some of the pre-tournament press conferences, including uh, Charles Howell, who I, I don't know how you can get through a podcast without talking about Charles Howell III. Uh, I heard him say, and I thought it was pretty interesting, he was very interested in participating in this because he's at a point in his life and his career in which he's really interested in taking his family with him around the world. And I guess he feels as though he's an American and, you know, he's kind of the typical, you know, this is the PGA Tour guy. You know, we're pretty well off. I play golf. I I eat white bread and a lot of mayonnaise to you know to put it simply and he's been doing that and playing on the pga tour for his entire life and he hasn't had a chance to really go abroad with his family so he said you know he's interested it sounds like in playing some of these asian tour events that will be supplemental to the live tour events because his family has never really had that experience so i think um that's interesting that you say that about the south africans who that's all they've known. Whereas you've got some of that. And then you've got some of these other guys who have spent their entire life in the Southeastern United States and Texas who are saying, yeah, I'd like to get to Europe and I'd like to get to Asia. And sure, I'd like to see the Middle East. And I'd like to show my kids that. And um, that could be a real draw that's besides that. Just say it's about the money. Hey, uh, 100%. I agree with Charles on a couple of a, a couple of points of that. Like I also have just now started seeing the world in my forties. Uh, the other thing is as a, as a win for, for, for this tour and for this format, nobody benefited more from the, the welfare tour, the 70 to 125 exemptions, the lifetime money, the guaranteed of 29 starts and you never lose your status more than Charles Howell the third did. I mean, Absolutely. Never stand, never stand out, never climb to the top 10 in the world, never do anything on the weekend of the major other than sell merch. No, let's be, he had one top 10. He had one top 10 in a major. Out of how many starts? He's 150. He played in his first one when he was like 16. You know what that reminds me of? Uh, one top 10 in a major. It's very similar to the resume of currently perhaps the biggest PGA Tour Stan, or PGA Tour, as I should say, Stan, uh, Billy Horschel, who people are talking about as a Ryder Cup participa- uh, participant on the United States side. Billy Horschel, in his last 34, now mind you, this guy is ranked, again, by the OWGR, number 14 in the world, 14 and in his last 34 major starts, he has zero top 15 finishes. Top 15, not top 10, top 15. He, one time he, made, he came in 17th. Congratulations, Billy. So it's, no, it's, it's surprising to me that he's upset about players uh, playing for live, although it makes sense to me that he's looking for players who do go play to live to be suspended from the PGA tour because every player that doesn't get into an event that Billy Horschel's in gives him a, a, like a real chance of finishing in the top 20 or the top 10. Hey, shitty hoes don't like competition. We're not, listen, this is a family program, Jason. Exactly right. (laughs) I I think I said that myself. So 
something else, he's ranked 14th in the world playing golf the way that it's played, playing the format they play, on the courses they play, set up the way they set them up. Are we playing the right kind of golf to begin with? Well, it's an excellent question. I mean, you know, who is playing the right kind of golf? Over on the European tour, you would think that they're playing a lot of links golf, but they're not really doing that either. I think this is kind of just a you know, result of where the game of golf has gone throughout the world, that so much of it was driven by residential development. Um, and so much of the courses that are on residential properties have been driven by what people, the casual golf fan thinks of as the ideal of golf. And we all know what that is. It's Augusta national golf course and they want to see green and they want to see lush. They want to see pretty pink flowers. Um, and as a result of that, you get this kind of golf and you can't blame the guys in the United States for when that's all they play on. That's what they get good at. So I don't know what you can do about that. OTP. By the way, I just want to, Billy Horschel, you know, Data Golf has him ranked 21st. You know, he doesn't do anything well. He's a, an accurate driver. He's a pretty good putter. He's pretty good around the green. He's pretty good at approaches. He's below average driving distance. I mean, he is the quintessential doesn't move the needle guy. He stinks in majors, like, like, historically stinks one top 10 in his entire career in a major and he's ranked 14th in the world it's astonishing 35 35 and a half years old one top 10 in a major and it's been around like he he was on the tour when he was 22 basically yeah, he's been around forever yeah so all right well so you're writing for the south africans um we we here's the thing i'm about to tell you who my team is but before i do that i think we need to have on this podcast some kind of running bet on the teams that we've just chosen now, I, I, listen apparently jay score chose bryson DeChambeau's team because he's such a popular and beloved athlete throughout the country that's fine of course i'll let him have it you mr otp lefty did you know kind of a sleazy thing in picking the team that uh has come in first and second in the first two events and has had the individual champion in each of the first two events so it seems like we're going sleazy you were ready for some sort of gambling to be happening so what are we going to bet before i name my team i think uh, like we like weekly stakes or tournament yes, by tournament yes. stakes. now remember there are only eight tournaments this year and 14 next year so no one's going broke j score has kids or something i don't know but we we're gonna each throw in ten dollars for um each week 100 10 bucks yeah. a week's fine yes yeah. and and first place will get 20 and second place uh no no whoever finishes highest gets the whole damn pool that's, that's right it, yeah. right yeah yeah okay yeah, second second place in a three horse race. Wow. All right. Well, with that said, you, you almost brought that up. You almost brought that up. Listen, with, with that said, I got the, I got the silver. <laughs> with that said, and the contract consummated, I will now announce my team, which of course is the four aces. The four aces led by Dustin Johnson, Data Golf ranking number twelve in the world. Uh, flanked by Taylor Gooch, maybe the dumbest player on the live tour, but uh, a hell of a young golfer. 
And then Patrick Reed, who I just, I can't get enough of. Second, maybe in popularity, only to Bryson DeChambeau. I'm excited to have him on my team. And finally, we've got Pat Perez. And I, just, I, I think what's great about Pat Perez is the world really hasn't been able to experience the joy and the joie de vivre that Pat Perez brings to the game of golf. So I'm excited to root for him and his wife, certain Ashley, I think it is. Uh, the four aces are my pick. DJ, I, I just, I feel like I should tell you since, since we did make this bet, I have looked into it and data golf put out some chances uh, of winning this week's event. DJ has a 10.4% chance of winning according to their algorithm. Taylor Gooch, 7.3%. P Reed, 3.5%. And then Patrick, Pat Perez, 1.7% chance of winning. I mean, he could do it. You don't know. And uh, it's not zero. Totals, that totals up to 22.9%. I have a nearly one in four chance that one of my four golfers will win this week's event. That's according to Data Golf. But, but J score, that's why they play the game, right? I mean, that's absolutely right. I mean, I, I'm hearing a lot of rumors. Everybody's saying DJ doesn't care anymore, I, or something like he 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 could just cash checks now and travel the world. I guess he hit the, I, maybe the that. fire's gone. I apparently these high end athletes just quit at some point. I guess I don't know. Um, that's so I'd be weird. concerned about that. I'd be concerned about yeah. that. Well, I was worried about that. I'll t- I won't lie to you. I thought about maybe not picking, uh, you know, one of the best golfers in the world. But he did finish T6 at the Open, so I thought, you know, that's okay for a non-live event. Uh, he's coming off a T3 at Portland, and, you know, he, he struggled in his first time out in London with, a, with, a, with an eighth-place finish. So I think DJ, you know, he might be able to, to flourish in this format. Uh, he could use the $4 million, and you know what? He's got Patrick Reed. I, this is not a joke. All jokes aside – Patrick Reed is made for this goddamn format. And I think Patrick Reed is going to be next season in the full season, 14 events. We'll talk about that. I think P Reed wins twice. I mean, the guy, he loves money. Okay. He and his wife love money and the guy likes team golf. I think it does something for him. You know, it's wild because obviously we make jokes about him not being well liked and, there's clearly some truth to that. There's at least a kernel of truth to it. But the dude loves being part of the team. And it may be because he's been ostracized by his peers for so long that he and he feels like somebody's actually on his side. What do you think? Am I, am I talking myself into supporting the team or is this uh, a viable theory? Listen, I'll, t- I'll take part of this. I don't hate it. As, some, as somebody who maybe wasn't allowed to be on the team some in their life for various reasons. You know, OTP, when you we, use scare we, quotes uh, when we're on an audio podcast, the yeah. listeners at home, they can't see that. Yeah, well, everyone everyone can kind of figure it out. I don't want to get too far down this personality profile, but yes, that the acceptance that, that, he's, that he's gotten and is confirmed there, I guarantee he'll cite – when he goes on the tear that you predict. Now, before we get too far away, we've all picked the team that we think is going to win the most, that we're going to ride for, that we're cheering for. I want you to pick a team that has no chance to win a tournament. And I want kind of like a reverse reverse suicide pool. 
So pick one of those remaining nine teams, and I'll let you pick first this time, as a team well, that absolutely will never win and whoever wins last. Well, here's the thing about a podcast and a group podcast, JT, OTP. What you're supposed to do is let your co-hosts in on the things that you're going to drop on them, not say, hey, here's a thing that you've never thought about before, and maybe in the next five or six seconds while we're recording a live podcast, you can come up with it. But I'm going to take your challenge, OTP. I'm going to give you an answer. My answer is for this week only because, as we know, as a startup, the Live Golf Investments Group and the Live Golf Tour they're mixing things up, man. They're moving fast. They're breaking things. They're doing that whole Silicon Valley thing. Maybe it's there's a similar valley somewhere in Saudi Arabia. I don't know. But this is for one week only because we don't know who will be on the team in Boston. But we do know who we have in Bedminster. And who we have in Bedminster on the Niblix Golf Club is Hudson Swafford, who, by the way, I mean, that's a, he's a strong player. And I think right now almost guaranteed to be in the top 50 in the FedEx Cup standings before the playoffs start. And by the way, watch this space for litigation because I think Hudson Swafford is a very possible candidate to be the lead plaintiff in any kind of antitrust suit against the PGA Tour. But until we get to the courthouse, Hudson Swafford plays for the Niblicks, and that's my team for not winning this week. I will pick the Niblicks to finish last or second to last. Hudson and his men, Peter Uline, James Pyatt, and Turk Pettit don't stand a chance against DJ <laughs> Taylor, Pat Reed, and Pat Perez. Who do you got, J-Score? Yeah, so I'm going to have to go with Punch Golf Club here. Again, just one week only. I don't know who any of these guys are. Um, I love the hair on Travis Smith and Jediah Morgan, the flow. I almost, I feel kind of bad picking them as somebody who's, you know, very much into follicle related um, style. Uh, but Wade Ormsby, Matt Jones, who are these guys? I don't know. And they ain't going to win this week. I'm certain of that. Jediah, it is, you're right. Jediah has a little bit of a mullet and a little bit of a J-score stash. I could see that this could be a guy you would like on your team in the future. He's he's from Australia, uh, and he was awarded the PGA Tour of Australasia Order of Merit. So that means something, I probably, to Jediah and his family, at least. I don't know. So you know, and I'm a big, big Cam Smith fan. I hope he comes over, takes this team of Aussies to a new level. And I don't know, maybe one of them, you know, kicks dirt somewhere. But until Cam Smith shows up, takes Punch GC to the next level as the Aussie team, uh, they are definitely going to lose this week. Well, what's the plan? What, what are you hearing? What, I, I know you're you're uh, really dialed into the PGA Tour. You, you're friendly with a lot of agents, managers. Um, I mean, I know you have some connections within the player community itself. What are you hearing about the Punch GC and their future plans? Is Cam Smith coming? Is Adam Scott coming? Uh, Adam Scott, while not a particularly good-looking man, has had some success on the golf course. I think the fans could really take to this guy, who a lot of not a, not a lot of people have heard of to this point. No, you're right. I, you know, Punch GC is. They're, re, they're, they're still building, right? They're, they're looking for some key P 
pieces to take it to the next level. But you're right. Cam Smith comes up. He's coming. He's coming. It's a, it's a certainty. Uh, and then once he makes the jump, why wouldn't Adam Scott? Maybe Slugger will let him anchor, and then his putting will be back, and he'll start winning again. Who could say? Well, here's the thing. One last thing I want to say about Punch, and we, we, we've beaten up on Punch a little too much. <laughs> I got to get the sound effects going. But um, I like Jedia for you in that you have hair and facial hair similarities. But I don't know if you've read Matt Jones's bio, because if you had – I can't imagine you would have picked against this guy. This guy is a player after your own heart. He's considered one of professional golf's fastest players. And if there's ever been somebody who loves a fast player, it's my man, J-Score. I, I can't tell you how many times I've played golf with J-Score. And people are, you know, not super rude people, but they're, the guy just stepped up to the ball. So they're whispering. And I'm like, you can't do that as soon as he as soon as he's anywhere near the ball. He's about to fire. So I, I don't know. Matt Jones, he seems like your kind of guy. I'm I'm frankly disappointed by this pick. And I'm gonna expect that punch, they they're gonna be middle of the pack this week. I think you're totally wrong about this. Listen, that's fine. I'll own that. It's one week only. I you know, I'm excited about their future, but for now, I I I'm God, the more I look at Matt Jones, a Flex Seal logo on the shirt too. Great meme template from the Flex Seal guy as well. <laughs> All right. Well, it's locked in. It's locked in. Uh, OTP, I think that you're recording these choices. So uh, make Yes, sure you, I am. You lock J-Score in for Punch GC. I, Who do I you did. have, OTP? I did. I, I, I would like to announce that Cleek's Golf Club will, has no chance. I will not change my pick no matter who they get. That's the dumbest name. Martin what Keimer does- is wa- completely washed. Graham McDowell said, I got sick of working in the kitchen at my restaurant. I wanted to go play a little bit more golf. Laurie Cantor, I don't know who that guy is. And they have an amateur guy, David <laughs> Quig or whatever. Sure, he's an amateur. He's playing for free. This guy, no chance. Um, who, am I, who am I looking forward to maybe cheering against coming soon? Um, when Bubba has announced that he is joining Live Golf for the Boston event, I have a strong feeling that he's going to be Probably on the smash team. I think Blandy's out. There's going to be a shuffle. He's go, or or Chase Kepka might. All right, going a long vacation. I've lost control and, of this. I've lost control of this program. You're already talking news, and that's the next segment. Let me ask you this: You you, you say that Bubba has announced. I didn't see that. Has that happened in the last few minutes? Well, what's the story with Bubba Watson? Is this oh, official? Well, well, well. Let me just go over and do some quick research. Okay. I, feel like I don't I think it already. is official. I want to. I want to talk a little bit about Martin Keimer. Um, I don't appreciate the kind of defamation that seems to be levied from OTP right now, calling him washed up. This is a. We're talking about a former world number one. Now again, we don't like the OWGR, but if Data Golf had existed around the time that Martin Keimer was a 21-year-old, I'm sure Data Golf would have had him as number one in the world, too. He's the second winningest men's golfer from Germany, and I think we all know that the great Bernard Langer, who we may see at some point in the future of Live Golf, um, <laughs> is, is, is not a bad person to be ranked behind. Uh, R- the- R- Riley, Hamill, Riley Hamill in USA Today has this yesterday, according to a report from The Telegraph. Okay, so it's reports. Yeah, it's James Corrigan. Yeah. It's a report. We'll get to it in the news. There's some chance Bubba will um, join Live Golf. 
I'm inclined yeah. to believe it, but it has not been made official. We want to be we want to be fair to Bubba and his team, and uh, Mr. Norman and his team that this is not official yet. So right now you're slandering Keimer. I think you're dead wrong about that. So I basically both of you guys got this totally wrong, and now I think we should move on to <laughs> to our next segment, which is I believe this is the news. So news from around Live Golf. Uh, this was a big week. I mean, there's a lot to talk about. I don't even know where to start. Do you remember when Jason Kokrak was named to be a, a part of Live Golf and is going to be in the event this week? Not even Jason Kokrak. The last time we spoke, which was never, but between, <laughs> if we had had a podcast prior to the Portland event, we wouldn't have known that Paul Casey was going to be a member of Live Golf. So, Paul Casey made his, uh, or Live Golf made the announcement uh, during the Portland event. Paul Casey is a member. We've got Charles Howell III, um, Jason Kokrak, and of course, Henrik Stenson. And, and I think Henrik Stenson is where we should start in terms of news because that was the biggest newsmaker, I think, in the past week. Henrik, of course, had previously been named by the European Tour or the European Ryder Cup as captain of the next Ryder Cup against Zach Johnson. That was, I believe, only in March of this year. This week, it was announced by Liv and Henrik that he is joining Liv Golf, and he will be playing this week. Within just a couple of days, the Europeans stripped him of his Ryder Cup captaincy. Uh, now, I'll tell you, I, I thought this was kind of BS, to be honest, and we'll go into that in a little bit, but what really upset me is listening to one of my favorite podcasts. I don't know if you guys listen to this, but I'm a big fan of the shotgun start podcast. Andy Johnson, I think has done the best job of the podcasters that I listen to at least of being objective about what's going on in the PGA tour, what's happening with live golf, uh, what the chances of this other golf tour that was known or is known or is in, imaginary potential tour called the premier golf league. Andy has been really objective about that pretty much for the last year or so. So I was very surprised to hear him talk about Henrik Stenson on his recent podcast. It was a few days ago. I think there's been one since, but essentially he called Henrik Stenson a scumbag, you know, a bad guy, you know, the, the worst guy uh, because I guess he suggested to Ryder Cup Europe when he took the job that he wasn't going to live. Oh, well, he changed his mind. I hear all the time, and again, I don't want to get into politics, but I hear all the time that, you know what, you should vote for this guy, even though he said that he um, wanted to expand the death penalty because he changed his mind. He that This is fine. He's different. He sees things differently now. Apparently, that's okay with a presidential candidate, but if a golfer thinks he doesn't want to play golf in one place, and then a few months later decides, after being offered a significant amount of money, that he does want to play golf, he's a scumbag. I think it's outrageous. I, I couldn't care less that Henrik Stenson, who was not going to be a player, mind you, on the Ryder Cup team, but a captain, and we know that captains are not typically members of tours uh, when they become captain, Suddenly he's a scumbag and a bad guy when I've heard nothing but good things about Henrik, of course, other than his financial sense and JT don't, don't get into financial products. 
but just absolutely dragging this guy, and I don't see it as fair. Love to hear what you guys think. I, I'm with you. I think they're doing the Iceman dirty here. I mean, he, he he's the, the first player to win the FedEx Cup and the race to Dubai. How many can say they've done that? Exactly. And, and he's, he's, he's a trailblazer. And now now he's a scumbag because he's treading new ground and moving fast and breaking things. I don't I don't understand it. And I've also, you know, you know I also don't want to like bring into question the, the prestige of being the captain of a Ryder Cup team. But honestly, I'm looking at the list of historic captains and, <laughs> I, you know, I don't think I'm going to lose sleep over it if I'm Henrik. It's not a, not a murderer's row. You know, you get these guys who are historical golf figures like Tom Watson, and he was rightly bodied by our guy, Phil, for his shit performance as captain in the Ryder Cup, right? Now, I think, hold on, I think I... I think I've got a clip of what uh, Phil had to say about Tom Watson. Just a second. Sorry, that wasn't it. I've, I've got it now. I've got it. I found Phil. Are you there? Are you there, Phil? Phil, we, we've got Phil on the line. Todd, when I stop hitting bombs, I'll play the Champions Tour, but I'm hitting some crazy bombs right now. <laughs> okay. Apparently, that wasn't it. That wasn't what I was thinking of. But, but uh, you know, Phil is still hitting bombs. And Tom Watson is still 70 years old or something. So I agree with you. I think the Ryder Cup captaincy is overstated. I think Henrik made a great personal decision for himself and for his family in in choosing to come to live. But I I just think if you want to talk scumbags and sleazebags, I don't think you need to look any farther than Keith Pelley, the head of the European Tour or the DP World Tour, as we're now calling it, himself. Mr. Pelley was the guy who was making deals with Saudi Arabia, the guy who was making the Saudi International or Invitational part of the DP World Tour. He was dying to get into bed with the Saudis and Saudi Gulf, and there's nothing wrong with that. But suddenly, when Mr. Jay Monahan has decided that they're going to throw the European Tour a bone and that they need to conspire to oust this nascent competitor in the market for professional golf tournaments, suddenly the Saudis are not to be done business with. Paul Casey said at his press conference that he's played in numerous events outside the European tour without a release, and there was never a problem. Suddenly there's a problem. And the reason why is because there's a a conspiracy and agreement in restraint of trade DP World Tour is being cuckolded, has been cuckolded by the PGA Tour. You want to talk about an organization that's decimating the European Tour? Well, that's the PGA Tour. The Live Golf Tour is no threat to the DP World Tour. They only require that four or five tournaments a year get played by its members. And none of the members of the DP World Tour who are going to live have expressed any kind of reservations about continuing to play that minimum. To the contrary, Ian Poulter had to sue so that he could play in the Scottish Open because he wants to play those number of events. So there has been one tour that has decimated the DP World Tour, and that's the PGA Tour. And for years and decades, the DP World Tour stood by, did nothing about it. And now suddenly, it's a problem that its players play the DP World Tour. And it's clearly not about Saudis and it's not about 
quote unquote sports washing because Keith Pelly never had a problem with it before and he only has a problem with it now because Jay Monahan told him he had to. Well said. I mean, I, I was looking up some old interviews of Keith Pelly in Saudi Arabia bragging about the event there, how great the course is growing in, how great the tournament is. And wow, what, 14 months later, um, won't touch the kingdom with a 10-foot pole? It's disgusting. OTP, what do you have to say? I, I mean, I could see a little I mean, disgust I, I mean, on your about, face. Yeah, well, I mean, about Stinson and the Ryder Cup, it's like, I, I don't know. Like, you're, you're not in direct competition. You're the, you're the little brother of the PGA Tour at best. The only way you make any money is uh, through the Ryder Cup. Is the only way that the European Tour makes money ever. Like, you're beat. Like, know how to play. These guys have been on your tour for 20 plus years. They're a big draw for fans, for corporate people. They've turned they've turned their back on uh, long-term long-term long-time members. It just makes no sense to me. There's nothing for them to win. Like they should have opened they should have like they should welcome every chance that they can to have Stenson Garcia Poltz or Westwood playing on their shores anyway. Like, it just makes no sense. The Ryder Cup captain is a ceremonial thing anyway. Who cares? Like, try to leverage it some way, but you lost. Like, strategically, you lost. Try to figure out how to win from that point on. Yeah, and, you know, I don't want to – I feel like maybe we'll offend our audience of five or six internet golf nerds, but the reality is nobody cares about the Ryder Cup. The Ryder Cup is for the internet golf nerds and only for the internet golf nerds. It gets beaten the TV ratings by all four majors every year, every single year. When it's in Europe, uh, every two years, it gets soundly beat because it's in, at a ridiculous time of day. So these networks, they pay this ridiculous amount of money for a tournament that does, okay, one week every four years it's absurd if you go look at the you know college football ratings because i don't we won't even get into the nfl but like the middling sec game of the week absolutely trounces the Ryder cup every single week so you know i i bet henrik is a huge sec football fan and he's probably saying nobody cares about the Ryder cup and the truth is you know who else didn't care about it you know who else didn't care? Tiger didn't care. They they eventually get forced into it by the cult of the Ryder Cup, by the internet golf nerds, but nobody cares about the Ryder Cup. And that's the truth. I mean, that that's where we are. So glad to have you, Henrik. Uh, you know, look forward to, to seeing that three-wood in action. I, I, I'm going to try and get to the Boston event. We'll talk about that down the road. Uh, we're, we're running... You know, we don't want to go too long here on our first uh, podcast. So we do have a segment that we love to get to, and that's called Haters and Losers of the Week. It may not be every week, folks. It may be twice a week, maybe three times a week. It's going to be pretty much every podcast. But we like to get to our haters and losers. I'm going to let OTP Lefty, if you've got a hater or loser of the week, I'd like to hear it. I mean, let's talk about it. (laughs) Um, I think – 
I read, I didn't pick one out, but I think in general, anyone who won't get off of the, the money argument, like, like they're playing for money. This is, I guess I'm going to pick one now. <laughs> I've been thinking about it for three weeks. It's Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods is the hater and loser of the week. Love it. Love he does, it. His, pre- this, he does this... his press conference. He does his press conference to talk about what's not good about live and what's good about tradition. Okay. Whereas he is uniquely qualified to say this could be, this is a thing. And, and this is a bad thing. As far as golf goes, who else would you trust? Okay. That's, that may be true, but all he says is got guaranteed money. And now they're not going to have any incentive to practice, which is insane. Have you ever met a pro golfer, Tiger Woods? Wait a minute, you are one. They take great pleasure in beating people's brains in about anything. It's completely nuts. The guy took $3 million to go to Saudi Arabia. Did he mail it in? No, he's got an ego as big as the country. He went and won the tournament. This of does not turn – it doesn't turn anyone off. It's just a chicken shit thing to say. It, like, guaranteed money makes every sport. Nobody feels bad about whoever sitting on the end of the bench for the Warriors making $5 million a year and getting free dinners. Like, it's insane. First of all, Suck it, Tiger. First of all, I love you, OTP. You just cost us our last – well, no, we still have my mom and dad and Mrs. J-Score. But that basically we've shat on the Ryder Cup and now we've shat on Tiger Woods. So we, we don't have any audience left. But still, I love you. It's provocative. And I cannot say that I disagree with you, especially since Tiger Woods himself signed like a nine-figure deal before he ever played a shot in prof- professional golf. Did Thank he you. have any incentive? Of course he did. Of course he did. It's it's ridiculous. And you know, it's very. Some people are brave, but you're you're especially brave. You may be a national <laughs> hero, OTP. So thank you. It's just, I mean, it's just the difference of opinion. I mean, he's allowed to think what he thinks. He's allowed to be wrong. Whatever. Uh, J Score, I don't, I don't know how you can follow that, but you, I'm going to give you your opportunity. I'm, uh, I mean, honestly, about- I, I'm I'm floored. I from from OTP going with. I, I'm not prepared to calling out Tiger Woods as a hater and loser of the week. I'm I'm still trying to gather myself after that. Um, as somebody who idolizes uh, Tiger, I'm 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 shocked. I'm almost speechless. And but you, my hater and loser is in the same wavelength. So um, but it's it's not it's not going to cause us to lose our last remaining listener. Um, Ed Hall uh, political cartoonist, uh, at Hall Tunes. There could not be any more divergent choices. We have maybe arguably the most famous non-politician in the world. And then I don't know, somebody named Ed Hall. Let's, let's hear more about it. J score. Well, it's, it's in the same vein as, as OTPs here. So he, he had a tweet, um, gosh, just today actually. And he says, Hey, Rich, little, spoiled, hashtag golfers, just a reminder. And then he's got this really delightful cartoon he drew drew up that simply says, Khashoggi did not live with the live logo and blood dripping from the V. Um, 
You're doing politics. He's doing politics, OTP. He's doing politics. I, no, no, no. Kind of... He's he's getting on this guy <laughs> for his bad politics. Uh, it's it's bad politics. It's just it it it's it's again. It just I I don't care. I think maybe maybe the good people in Saudi Arabia have have seen the error of their ways. They're moving on. We're moving on. We're not doing politics. I told you we're not doing politics. That's a good one, Ed Hall, folks. That's J scores. I'm going to give you mine, and this is maybe a little bit more down the middle. I think we can all find common ground with the internet golf nerds, with mom, with dad, with Kate, and and with OTP's bookie. All of our listeners, I think, can agree that my loser and hater is indeed among the greatest losers and haters in the golf community. I'm going to start it off at the top. Brandel Chambly is my hater and loser of the week. I This guy... He just he can't stop, baby. He can't stop, and and it's hard for me to pick just one. I, I'm gonna promise you right now, this won't be the last time I pick Brandel for my hater and loser of the week. But but he got me with a tweet. Some of you may not know, and so it'd be crazy if we got through the first episode without me telling you that I am a lawyer, and so I was somewhat offended by Brandel's understanding of the law when it comes to antitrust. He sent this week in response to. Somebody who Brandel, of course, believes is an idiot and not nearly as intelligent and worldly as he is. And the quote read, Monopoly, this is in reference, of course, to the PGA Tour, PGA Tour, Inc. There are about a dozen professional men's tours around the world. The PGA Tour is hardly a monopoly. And monopolies are not illegal if they are derived from sound business principles and ideas. Live is funded by a murderous, misogynistic regime and hardly good for golf. So, of course, I'm not going to address the murderous regime bit. We talked about that. We're not doing politics. But I will be a lawyer for a minute and explain a little bit about what monopoly means under the laws of the United States and specifically the Sherman Act. And it's not what Brandel thinks monopoly is. I think Brandel got his understanding of antitrust law from a board game. And we all know the board game, but it's not that simple. You don't have a monopoly when you get all the yellow properties, and you don't not have a monopoly if you don't have Marvin Gardens, okay? Monopoly doesn't mean you're the only one. It means you have dominant market power. And I want to talk just a little bit about this thing because I think in the next week or two, we're going to get some litigation on this front. And this is going to be really important to the future of Live, to the future of the PGA Tour, and the future of professional golf. A lot of what this is based on is a 1951 Supreme Court case called Lorraine Journal Company v. United States. And I'm not going to do the full case brief, but what you need to know is what this case was about was a newspaper, and it was the only newspaper in the town or the county of Lorraine, Ohio, okay? Again, this is the early 50s. So if you had a business in Ohio, in this part of Ohio, and you wanted to advertise, the place for you to go was this one newspaper. It was the Lorraine Journal. But the Lorraine Journal, of course, was not the only newspaper in the United States. And so just like the PGA Tour is not the only golf tour in the entire world, the Lorraine Journal was still subject to the Sherman Act, okay? And what the Lorraine Journal tried to do in the late 40s, early 50s, when a radio station opened up in town and some businesses found another place to advertise, they could advertise on the radio, the Lorraine Journal said, hey, if you advertise on that radio station, you can never advertise in my newspaper again. And that's exactly what the PGA Tour is doing here with the players. It's saying, hey, 
if you play on that other tour, that live tour, you can never play on this tour again. Well, that's a problem when you're the biggest game in town, just like the Lorraine Journal was in Lorraine, and just like the PGA Tour is in the United States with golf. So the Journal at that time tried to excuse its conduct and saying, listen, we're a private business. We can select our customers and refuse to accept business from whomever we please. And that's true for the most part. And that's what everybody seems to think is in play when it comes to the PGA Tour. The PGA Tour should be able to say who's on the tour and who's not. It's private business. Well, yes, that's true. It can decide who's a member and who's not. And normally under the rules that are, you have to finish this high in a tournament or you have to do, you have to get through Q school or you got to be in the top 25 on the Corn Ferry Tour. That's fine. But what it can't do is do it in an effort to squash competition. What the Supreme Court said in that case was the right claim that the right that people are claiming the PGA Tour has is neither absolute nor exempt from regulation. It's exercise, a purposeful means of monopolizing interstate commerce is prohibited by the Sherman Act. So, Brandel, just because the PGA Tour is not the literal only tour in the world doesn't mean it's not a monopoly under the laws of the United States. It doesn't mean it doesn't have dominant market power in the United States when it comes to seeking the services of elite professional golfers. And it doesn't mean the PGA Tour can say, either, you, either it's my rules or the highway. You can't do it. So what I expect to see, Mr. Brandel Chambly, and by the way, before I finish, I do want to say, mostly I find Brandel reprehensible, but I super enjoyed the pictures of his employer-paid vacation to Scotland the last couple of weeks, ostensibly to cover the Open. Uh, he played so many of the greatest golf courses in Scotland, and I was lucky enough to get over there with OTP Lefty in April and play a lot of these courses. And it just looked beautiful in the summer. It was so baked out. I, I was really envious. And I also, you know, no matter what I think about his understanding of antitrust law, I think it was really, really admirable that he brought his daughter along with him on his 60th birthday uh, to go on this golf vacation and Duff, play so many. Duff, yeah. Duff that um, yeah. it, as wholesome as that would be to bring his daughter, I'm I'm afraid that was his wife, actually. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. I, I saw the pictures. This was, I'll remind you, this was Brandel's 60th birthday, and I saw the pictures, and this woman, she was she was in her early 30s. This it was clearly his daughter. It was his, his Twitter profile says, father i mean so i i know this had to be his daughter you it would be very reasonable for you to think that but uh you know brandall brandall is out there uh with his I, wife I, his I, lovely I'm, wife i'm frankly shocked that that such a moral self-aggrandizer like brandall chambly would have a 24 year uh a wife who's 24 years younger than he is but but regardless um we should be seeing some antitrust litigation <laughs> I've heard some rumors that we're going to get the first U.S. lawsuits uh, by players filed in the next couple of weeks in an attempt to allow players and some of the prime candidates, again, are Hudson Swafford and Taylor Gooch, who are among the, I think, top 50 or top 75 players currently in the FedEx Cup standings. And obviously, they would like to get their chance at a piece of that pie. So 
let's look for some antitrust litigation in the next two weeks. That's my hater and loser of the week. Folks, do you, do you want to refute me? Do you, do you want to stand up? Who will stand up for Brandel Shampley? It ain't going to be me. Um, I, I think that's Brandel could be a lock of the week for hater and loser segment. Um, so I, I'm going to, I'm going to expect more creativity out of you next week. We can't, we can't just be falling back on Brandel. Listen, you got me, you got me totally flustered. Apologies to Bailey Shambly, whether you're uh, Brandel's wife or daughter, it looked like uh, you had a good golf swing and really enjoyed your time with Scott. <laughs> All right. We're, we're running out of time. Let's do some predictions. What do you got? I, I want one prediction out of each one of you for this week at Bedminster. This is Trump Bedminster. Uh, it's the third event of the live golf series. We'll start with you. Jay score. Uh, my prediction of the week is that um, I I think the four aces are going to struggle. I'm not coming right at you, Duffer. I, you know, I didn't know you were going to take the four aces, but I I think I think they're going to struggle this week. I I, I really do. Um, Any reason? Is that course based? Is, do you have some inside info? Is DJ doing DJ things? If you know what I mean. I mean, DJ. Did you see the party with Nelly? Uh, he could have gotten loose there. Uh, things things could have gotten things could have gotten loose. Things could have gotten a little crazy. Um, he does have the day to recover, though. Um, I, I didn't see a lot of DJ footage at the pro am, though, which makes me a little bit concerned. I saw a lot of a lot of Bryson's group, a lot of Caitlyn Jenner. I didn't see a lot of DJ uh, coverage on the social media. So I, I, I'm not saying there's a story there, but I'm not not saying there's a story there. All right. So your your prediction is my team is going to stink. Okay. I I th- I think you're wrong and you're going to owe me 10 bucks at the end of the week, but that's fine. OTP lefty, what do you got? Okay. Um I want to make sure that I read the name right because I picked a winner and um it's someone in reading the bios that I really like. So I'm going to pick a, I'm going to pick a winner outside my team. Sam Horsfield is going to win this week. Cash a big check. Um, former uh, Big Ten golfer, uh, plays on team washed-up European guys. No, it wasn't Big Ten golfer. He played Florida. I'm sorry. I was thinking Illinois. But he's with Westwood, Poulter, and Stinson on the Majestics for now. And uh, he's going to win this week. I, I mean, that's that, I mean that's out there. I, what kind of – like, I'd be willing to get in, get some money on that. Oh, gosh. Uh, ha- haven't, haven't looked, but I'll have a report for you off the air. You know that's I right. will. Okay, well, so we'll we'll talk about that. I want to before I get to my prediction. I, I we didn't mention, of course, kind of the one of the founding fathers of Live Golf. Uh, you know, two of us here are left-handed. You'll never guess one of them. The other one is me. We're lefty golfers, so uh, Phil Mickelson holds a special place in our heart. There's some concern. Hold on, I think I think we. Are we going to hear from Phil? Todd, when I stop hitting bombs, I'll play the Champions Tour, but I'm hitting some crazy bombs right now. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. We, we, we get it. Phil, you're, you're hitting bombs. But I don't, I'm not sure Phil is going to be hitting bombs this week. Phil did not play in the Pro-Am today. He was not at the party last night. Apparently, Phil's got a stomach bug. Uh, who knows what that could mean for – Phil and his team, the high riders, the high flyers, they, they're terrible. Who fills in for Phil if he can't play? I don't know. These are questions we'll find out tomorrow. I can't wait to hear. My prediction is this. Your winner tomorrow is Bryson DeChambeau. 
I watched Bryson at the Open. Um, his hand is finally healed. The man is actually hitting bombs. I've been watching some videos. Bryson is out there making content. I watched him make a YouTube video with some young bum. I don't know. He's on the Corn Ferry Tour or something. Bryson wiped the floor with him. Bryson is in form. I expect Bryson to compete at the, at the Masters next April, but I definitely expect him to win tomorrow. As I said, uh, data golf. This week, gives you him, mean, not tomorrow. Well, he won't win. I mean, you can't win the tournament on the first day. But, but you can, can lose, lose it. it. <laughs> Bryson's going to win this week. He's my guy. OTP will discuss gambling and wagers offline. I think this is a great first effort. I, I expect some more out of uh, both of you next week when it comes to haters and losers. But it was a great first job. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know who's left. Maybe Maya Angelou next week. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll get into the lab. We'll 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 check the film. We'll get into the lab. We'll break it down, and and we'll we'll come back and uh, give her hell next time. All right, it was great talking to you both. We're gonna have a recap at some point next week of what happens this weekend. I expect what happens this weekend will include Bryson winning, but we'll catch up next week, folks. J score, OTP. Enjoy the golf tomorrow. And uh, hopefully, let's enjoy Phil hitting bombs. Take if care. not bombs, at least some hellacious seeds. Am I right? <laughs> See ya.